What is good, good people? Welcome back to episode six. Great to be here. Sunit, how are we doing? I'm doing fantastically well, Ryan. How are you? Not bad, mate. It's, uh, as we always start every podcast these days, prefacing the state of the current climate. <laughs> it's rainy. It's windy. It's horrible. We're inside. The Christmas lights are on in my background. If you're watching YouTube, I'm hoping you're feeling festive. How's the Sunit household coming together this Christmas? It's going very well. It's going very well. Everything's ready. Presents done this weekend. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling festive. Even though I may not look it, I'm feeling festive. Well, you've cleaned up. Finally, it's taken a long time. It's taken a long time, but it's nice to see. <laughs> Lockdown's over now. New man. Trim is coming on the way. So this hat will be off soon. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, right? So have you... Are you, are you a partaker in the Christmas events or are you just come home, Christmas trees are already up, you know, presents are online, are you active or what? I used to be, I used to be a lot more active. Now that I'm not living here, so I'm not really a part of the household as much anymore, I've taken a bit of a backseat. I've let the rest of the family sort that one out between themselves. But back in the day, yeah, I used to be a little Christmas tree decorator as a young lad, young whippersnapper, what about you? I've been roped in. <laughs> you know, much like you, I was trying to use those excuses of saying, oh, I'm not here, you know, I can't do it, but too much abuse has been hurled my way, so I've had, I've had to step in. But let, let's touch on some current events before we get into today's topic. In the world of um, sports, there's two things I want to pick up. One was uh, some of the football fixtures yesterday and the, the current state of, of atmosphere and the games, and the other one is boxing and AJ. You watched right. it like oh okay. Just, just, just before we get into to sport, <clears throat> I just want to give a quick shout out to myself. <laughs> Cause the reason why I'm feeling so happy today and smiley is your boy passed his exams on Friday. Hey! To sort of shout myself out real quick, one exam left until finally a chartered accountant. One hey. left, 14 out of 15 done. It's been a good weekend. So I just want to get that one out of there. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I had to shout myself out. Well, that's a celebration. So how many exams was that? Because I know you've been putting in the work this year. Yeah. So this year I've done, I've only, well, I've only, it's a lot. I've done five in the space of two or three months, right? On the grand scheme of this, this grad scheme, I've done 14 out of 15 now. And explain so, the process of these exams, because I remember you telling me a while ago, but... Okay, there's, first, not, there's not forgiveness in these very much. You you have like a, maybe a one chance retake or something, or yeah. how does it work? Yeah, but this is the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, I'll be honest with you. But essentially, the way it works is, obviously we're doing this in conjunction with our, with our job, right, with our employer. So our employer does pay, contribute towards these exams. We I don't have to pay anything towards these exams, right? So because of that, obviously... They, they want a return for the money. They're not just going to allow you to sit as many as you as you want until you pass. That's just not the way it works, unfortunately. Um, so what happens is for the first um, 12 exams, so 12 out of 15, for those first 12 exams, you can resit the exam once, right? Each exam once. But you can only resit the exam if you don't bad fail. So a bad fail is if you get 40% or less, I believe. So if you get 40% or less, if you bad so fail... If you flop... If you flop the exam, there's no return. Like, I mean, you could have a chat, obviously, with some people. They might, You might be able to swing it your way, and if you've got a reasonable excuse or whatever, they might give you another chance. But 
But realistically, if you don't, if you've just blocked, then there is no other chance, there's no reset. However, if you don't flop and if you get close, let's say, to the pass mark, but you still fail, you get one reset. If you then fail that reset again, doesn't matter what score, how close you are to the pass mark, if you fail the reset, it's done. So that's the way it works. Now, for the last three exams, yeah. so that's for the first 12, for the last three exams, there is no more bad fail. So they give you some leeway. So you can fail the first sit as badly as you want. And, okay. you get, and you get another reset. But again, same rules apply. On the reset round, if you fail that, it's, it's pretty much done. So yeah. it's tough. It's tough. And obviously, the, the big, I mean, the hardest thing about these, these sort of exams is just the amount of content compared to the length of time. So, for example, we will start, um, like, our college, our revision for, for the running exam about two, three months in advance. Um, and we sit sort of three together normally three in a row so you do three different exams and one day uh, i haven't got my, my stuff with me today but one day i will show you the size of the content <laughs> book and you will be amazed um but yeah it's tough but we're here now 14 out of 15. trailblazing chartered accountants aspiring chartered accountants got to know who to hit up now yeah and as we're tracking we've got one more to go so is this last one a culmination of everything you've done in the last two years or is it just kind of the next module complete boom yeah yeah i think so it's it's called case study so we get a, we get a case study it's a lot different to the other ones you don't really get you need to revise this one as much like a couple of weekends to revise it because you get a case study you kind of just need to learn the case study and again i think it's like an yeah, accumulation of all of our prior stuff that we've learned yeah we just have to like write a few like sort of an essay I guess I don't actually know how, how this one works this one's a bit of a grey area where not a lot of people know it until they've done it mm. but um, but yeah it shouldn't be hopefully as difficult as as the previous ones which is which is nice that's exciting and I think that's going to come back around a bit later in this conversation and, and some of the things we want to pick up but, but back to the sport and events AJ you, you mentioned you watching last night what was your opinions My Pulev. Opinion, yeah, Pulev. It, it, for me it was a mismatch that's what I feel. I felt like in in um, in the fight. Joshua let him let him get back into it for a little bit, and I don't know why. He had him in the third round, had him down, looked fairly comfortable, didn't finish the job off, and then it kind of just sort of rolled to the ninth round where nothing was really happening too much, and then he just finally finished the job off. So Joshua looked good, yeah. He looked looked slick. My my issue with it all, right, is it it is it's a real filler fight. Mm. It's it's not the main event. It's like, okay, yeah, Joshua's back on TV again. Great, let's support him. Great. Who is this guy's fighting? Okay. We, we all know who we want to see him fight. And whether it's his fault or not, you know, I know the agents are kind of dictating who it is and it's sensible for him to have these extra fights that continue to get you paid. But I feel like he's losing traction in terms of getting that main event fight that everybody wants to see and and the possibility of happening it of it happening now mm. is disappearing what's your thoughts well first of all can we clarify who you're talking about are you talking about fury or wilder both both okay i need to i need to see them fight yeah they have to fight both. they have to fight well the thing is after the fight um joshua was talking because he obviously got asked that question obviously after the fight and he was talking about listen all i care about is my legacy whoever's got the belts i'm chasing Tyson Fury has the belt now, I'll have him. If it's Tyson Fury, it's Tyson Fury type of thing. 
to be fair, I think if I think it's more of a money issue why it's taken so long. I think that's what most of the time it is in boxing. I think it is who who gets paid more, how do we do the split, blah blah. I think that's where a lot of it comes down to, rather than fighters running. Because event, especially the Joshua, he knows eventually he's gonna have to fight if he really wants to cement his legacy, he's gonna to have to fight at least one of these superior Yeah. Superior thing. Um but like you said, yeah, this was a bit of a fill. I do agree with you. This was a bit of a filler fight. He was the mandatory, I hate that rule, a mandatory mm. fighter, so he has to, he has to uh, fight him for the belt. Um, yeah. But we are waiting for the big one. I, I genuinely believe now that it's going to happen next year. Definitely, I, I, I don't know about Wilder, but definitely Fury, Joshua. Now, after that performance, it was easy, it was light work. Now, let's get cracking, let's make and this And it's fight. time. With the fans coming back in next yeah. year, it will, it will be a big event. And that leads me swiftly mm. into the Man U Man City game. I don't know if you watched it. I watched it. You did watch it. Well, let me, let's just say, with the current state of no fans at a derby, <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to call it a derby anymore. Can, That's, can, yeah. it, can it be called a derby anymore? Because the tameness <laughs> of these games is is unbelievable. And it's never more stark than in a derby game where you're supposed to have these two teams going at it for more than just football. For, for more personal reasons, I mean, that might have shifted over the, the years and in, in how, how the derbies are perceived. But, God, it was dead. Listen, I wish I could have that two hours back in my life. Honestly, if you haven't watched that match, don't go watch the highlights. There's nothing for you to watch. That match was awful. I couldn't believe it. I, like, even though, like you said, there's no fans, maybe it lost that bit of edge, bit of bite. But I just thought City would... Attack it like Man United having problems, obviously they're going through some is- internal issues. I thought City would come out just attacking them, trying to prey on their, their weakness a little bit. So if Man United did defend well, I'll give them that. Um, so it wasn't all City's fault. I think United were quite organised, but yeah, I wish that was just, there was nothing in that game whatsoever, was there? No, completely dead. And it, let me just uh, shout a bit caveat in there. If you hear a lot of banging and stuff, as I've mentioned in the past, my dad never rests. He's out there working in the rain. And so you may hear some noises today. But anyway, the main topic of today's podcast is all about a location, where you live in, where you have lived, where you want to live, living away from home. It's Christmas. Everyone is coming back to their hometown, their home place to spend it and share it with the family and loved ones and all that good stuff. But let's just start off, Sunit, by hearing your story. What, where, where have you taken, where have you lived and, and kind of what's your experience been? Yeah, so obviously at the moment, I currently reside in Manchester. I've been here for just over two years now. Um, before that, I went to university in Birmingham. Um, so I lived there for three years while I was at university. And then before that, I was purely not in I was not an lad born or raised, so it wasn't until uni was the, was the first time I lived away from home. But I do believe, I think you would disagree with me on this purely because of where you went to university, being in a different country. But from my perspective, I do like, I do believe there is a big distinction when we're talking about living away from home between uni living away from home yeah. and when you live away from home for professional reasons or you know, yeah, when you're working that sort of realm. I think there's. There's two different um, definitions there in terms of living away from home. And the reason why I say that is because, if you, well, for me anyway, I went to Birmingham Uni and talking about semesters, right? Semester would start sort of end of September, mid-September. That first semester will go to, to early December. So that's 10 weeks for that first semester. 
in the middle of that 10 weeks, we had a reading week where we could go home, do whatever I want. We wanted to join that week. At, once 10 weeks were up, we got a month off for Christmas, right, to go back to, to Nottingham, wherever you want to go. Then we come back in January, and January to April again, another little 10 week um, semester with again a reading week bang in the middle of it. We can go home. And then in Easter, we got a month break. So we got a month break in Christmas, a month break in Easter. And then our final semester was basically just revision and then doing some exams from, from like May to June. And then you get three months off to summer. So really, to me, that's not, at the time, obviously, it's all new. You've got to pay bills. You've got to think about what food you're going to eat. You know, you've got laundry to do, washing up, all this. So at the time, you feel like, wow, I'm, yeah, I'm growing up here. I'm living yeah. here from home. This is what it's all about. Now that I'm actually maturing and I've gone through more experiences, I've realised what it's like living away from home. When you're working, when you've got a job in a different city, I realised that was nothing. That wasn't living away from home. I was at home. <laughs> I, I, I was away from home for five months of the year. You're on vacation. I was on vacation. I was chilling. I was away from home five months of the year at uni. So what's, that, what, what's that distinction, though? What's the, well, the defining statement that's the difference between that uni living away from home and that professional living away from home? I think with the uni, I think in order to truly live away from home, you, you need to get out of that home comfort zone. I feel like you're not truly out of that in uni because, because there is so much time you still spend back at home. You, there's still so much time where you can go back home. Yeah. You, you, you're technically not out of that home comfort zone. You know you've got those home comforts back home where you can go return to and you're going to be there for at least half of the year. It's, for me, when you make that step, well, yeah, like I, said, I can only speak from my personal experience, but when I made that step of going to Manchester and working away from home and realising, oh, wow, I'm not getting a month to go back. I'm not getting a few weeks with my family. I'm getting weekends with my family. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. I might get a random week here or there. I'm getting just weekends, I'm getting a little bit of time with them, I'm getting a little bit of time to be actually at home. This is actually well out of my comfort zone now. And not only that, I made the choice to move to Manchester where I don't really know that many people here. There's a couple of people who I do know here with my friends, but other than that, I know nobody. So I yeah. really have to rely on the relationships and the friendships I made at work. Now, luckily, I made a lot of good friends at work and I get on with a lot of people from work and I managed to, you know, build on those friendships and be able to have people around me to do stuff with and to, you know, not be feel as lonely as it would have been just coming up here on my own and living on my own and all that. But even still, even with that, it's still like, it, it's still, it's still not homely. I still haven't got that homely feel even two years in. It's still like, wow, I'm living in a different city and I'm still yeah. learning and adapting. This is my life now. Is that because, and I haven't heard you mention it fully yet, mm. but immediately when you start to differentiate those two uh, areas of living is it more to do with the finances is it because when you're in uni your finances are supplemented by family or by loans or whatever and now you know you're completely on your own like you you're providing everything do you think that's the reason why more so or is that, is that just a contributing factor it's a reason I, w I wouldn't say there's one specific reason I would say that is a reason, hundred percent, because now it's my money. Now I'm playing with my money, so I've got, it's a lot more. There's a lot more thought that goes into every decision you make. Do you know what I mean? Just something as simple as a weekly shop that you do. Now you've got to start. I've got to really start thinking about. It. Okay, I've got like there's a Tesco Express close by me. 
But I know Tesco Express are a lot more expensive than most of the supermarkets. <laughs> I've got to think about that. I've got to think, hang on a minute, do I want to make a longer trip, walk this way to get a, you know, a bit more better value for my money? I've got, you're right, yeah, finances definitely play a part. Like, mm. Especially now because I'm choosing to live in, in the city and I'm trying to, I want to keep that lifestyle. So I'm paying a little bit more than I could be doing if I was living a little bit further out. So yeah, 100% finances is a factor. But I also feel, for me, it's like I say, it's, the amount of time I spend alone now is, mm. but like I say, for you, it'd be different. But for me, my uni, even though I was at uni and I was away from home and I was in a different city, and a lot of things that were happening then were similar to when I moved to Manchester. Really, like the two, the two main factors are the finances, but also actually how much you are away from your home, your home comforts. That's uh, interesting that you define it as home comforts. And I think that's where you were coming to, coming all together. And like the finances, it's a good point that you made there. But I think more, instead of it saying being away from home in terms of proximity, mm. I feel like it's being away from people that make you feel maybe more comfortable or people that make you feel at home. When you go to university, you're having hundreds of people all in the same situation as you. Everybody, you're living with a bunch of people in the same situation, all on the same schedule, mm. you know. Whereas when you go to work, Yes, you're in a grad scheme, you know, but even even still, you're in a, a work environment in which the age range is vastly different. The people you're working with is, you know, completely different backgrounds. They're not all doing the same course. Yes, they're doing the same job. So here you have it. But still, yeah, there's lots of that differences come into there. Mm. And then put that into the, put that together with moving into a new city. It's not like you're moving into student accommodation where the person next door to you is in the same boat as you, you're moving into a flat or a shared accommodation with mostly in England, where you're kind of just completely separate from everyone. So unless you're tapping up friends that already live in Manchester or live in wherever you're moving, yeah, it is going to feel like that. And that is something that's going to bring you further and further away. And that's interesting that you say that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that completely. And I'll just add to that point a little bit further by saying, in terms of the difference between uni people and work people, it's a mindset difference as well. For example, when you're going into uni, you're going there to make friends. Everyone wants, to, you know, that first year, everyone's smiling, trying to make, you're trying to make friends because that's what you do at uni. It's part, it's part and parcel of going to university. You want to meet new people and make new friends. Now, at work, there might be people who, who are on the same grad scheme who are just not interested in that. That, that they, this is their job. They're not here to make really make new friends. You know, they've got their home. They they don't move in. They might live in Manchester. They might not be moving anywhere. They might still live with their family. So for them, it's like this is just a job, and that's what I'm saying. It's not everyone is in the same mindset as oh, I want to do stuff. I want to be going out, especially for the people who are moving from a different city like me. Because there was a few of us in our year who moved from a completely different city, and we were new to the city. So we were obviously a bit more active in doing something, going out and like getting to know each other because we're going to have to. We had to. Yeah. Otherwise, we would, like you say, just be completely lonely in our flats. Whereas yeah. there are obviously some people who didn't move city, who still live with their family. So they, it's not as like they didn't have as much motivation to. They didn't, don't get me wrong. Luckily, I was lucky to have blessed me with with a year who did want to do that. But there is that still difference in mindset, I'd say. Yeah. So to kind of bring it back round to our initial one, I'll kind of touch on my um, experiences so far. So same, similar to Sunit, we both went to school in Nottingham. Um, and then university went away to America. So firstly, went to Tennessee, small school in the middle of nowhere. 
shout out Tennessee Lee Wesleyan University to all those people who went there. <laughs> you did well. All those five people who went there. The town was population 13,000 people, but you got to, the closest, the biggest attraction in the town was a Walmart, right? So that's Asda for English people. Just imagine the only thing that you could go and do on a weekend, people are going to Asda as an event. <laughs> so, Supermarket Sweep, is that what you're playing? Honestly, Supermarket Sweep, guessing it, running around, buying <laughs> Cheetos. But um, no, the reason I went there is to play football, as mentioned before, and the team, why would I pick a school that's in the middle of nowhere, you know, in, in the first place? Well, the team had 11, the starting 11 was all English. <laughs> So I'm thinking, I've not been there, I've not visited, I'm looking at this team from, from afar and I'm saying, there's already 11 English guys there. Like, surely it can't be that bad. You know, if they're there, then I'm, I, I should be okay. So I went there, and to be fair, it was a good laugh. You know, university, you're in a bubble anyway. So you, you're living with your friends, especially in the football, college football world. You're so busy, you train every day, you're playing twice a week, you know, You've not really got loads of time to figure out, think about everything else. And that's in the first half of the autumn, fall semester. And then in the spring semester, it gets a bit quieter. You, you, you're training, but it's not as frequent and you're more focused on school. But after that first semester, I knew to myself, I was like, oh, I can't be living in this town for the rest of my rest of the university. There's more to university for me than just football. And that was a big changing thing for me. I was like, yes, I, I it was it was good because I had a good season of football and that helped me to to transfer to a different a different place. But it was a big defining thing and is how much do I want to take football forward in, in like and how much does social life and university life and all that experience come back just play football. So anyway ended up moving to North Carolina, Charlotte, and then stayed there for three years at the university. And then another year after doing a visa, working as a copier salesman. And that was an experience. So you get, once you graduate as an international student in America, you get one year visa to continue working. And if you can get sponsored after then, you may be able to get another sponsor. Uh, another visa but that usually is to you know through like the, the stim like engineering doctors it's a lot easier if you're just selling copiers for a living <laughs> you're going to be struggling mm. so then after that moved back to England stayed in Nottingham for about six months and then I was off again to London and now corona whatever we're back in Nottingham for a little bit so lots of different experiences of moving around, living in different places. And similar to like you, I would say it's not so much proximity because mm. I I think once you're away, you're away. It doesn't matter if I'm London, if I'm in America, I'm, a, I'm away from home either way. And like you, you may think you can pop back all the time, but like you said, it's not a, once you're working, you don't have that option because it's, restricted to those days off for those weekends so yes it's harder while I was in America but I think it really comes down more to the people 
and then also to your ambition and how comfortable you feel being away from home mm. yeah so, I, I think i think it's interesting actually to get your what your perspective what was then in your mind the dif- main differences between living away from home in the us and in the uk i know you're a different age so maybe age played a part but what were the main sort of factors there well the this kind of goes back to your point of it's a difference living away from home when you're, while you're in university mm. and while you're living away from home while you're working. So in university, I think my experience would be similar to anybody in England. If, if I'd gone in England, you know, I'd, I'd just, I still came back for the holidays. Yes, I spent my last period in America. I didn't come home for two years. Mm. And that's different. Like I was working, I was playing football in the summer. There's lots of other things that were going on that I was like, did it make sense for me to keep coming back and forth? But the main difference is probably just when you have those shorter holidays, say those weeks, as you explained, I don't, I don't know what it'd be, but say you have a spring break or, or a Thanksgiving, mm. you've not got a family in America to go back to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So usually though, that, that kind of comes together as, it's, it's lucky if you've gone there for sports, like I can imagine it'd be a lot harder if you'd gone just for a certain degree or something else, because the minute you go there for a, join a sporting team, they kind of become your your, your proxy family mm. in a sense. So when there's uh, a Thanksgiving or a 4th of July and you've not got those people, that history of people to go to, they be kind of come your proxy family and you start going and joining and spending time with them or if you get a girlfriend you'll go and visit their family and and mm. spend Christmas with them and it, it does kind of change because you feel this huge separation mm. right for me it felt like I always have a life in America that's like this and then I have a life in England and there's this weird line where it crosses just over the phone <laughs> <laughs> where you just update people over the phone but it's like where where does it really come together but like you said when I started working mm. outside America because I still stayed in the city in which I went to university that first year out of uni I don't think you fully crossed over no do you yeah. know what I mean you're still in that mindset of like okay I've got a bit of money. I'm starting to make a bit of money now so I can actually pay for my own things I can go out and enjoy myself I mean but you still want to go out mm. you know you still want to go and see your friends if I, I'm in university so some of my friends are still in university so I'm still seeing them. So that initial year wasn't a huge crossover. It was still just nice to be in the city and nice to be not doing schoolwork anymore, to be honest. <laughs> but then coming to England and coming to, especially firstly coming back to Nottingham was really nice. It was like, oh, I haven't seen these people for five years. Mm. Let me just spend time with them as, a, as a, if I've been here before, because you, you got to think when you're in America, and especially if you're thinking about staying there permanently, you're like, I may never come back and see these people again. <laughs> they may be a memory. <laughs> so, so that that was important. But then moving to London because I had this ambition of not just staying in Nottingham. I'm like, let me go live in a city. Let me get a different experience. As you say, then it really starts to become apparent in that difference mm. of like, I'm in a city on my own. I don't really know anyone. Like I know I have friends who live in London as well, but they're all doing their own jobs. You know, they're all been there for a certain amount of time. They all have their different style, their lifestyles as well. So 
it's like should I have should I have made this move you know you start questioning yourself because you're like I had friends back here it was all right it was, it was good it's all about work you know and, and that's where I start to see the well it, you know it's interesting that you you start by saying in terms of your experience in the US it's not that much different to your what you'd experience in the UK I feel like it might have not felt like it was that different but I feel like it your mindset was different and the reason why I say that is because when you did used to come home, right, in the in the summer or something like that, you made a conscious effort. Because I remember I used to be shocked at this. This is what I said in the first podcast, and I was like, I can't, I still can't believe how we, me and you, maintained our friendship. But I feel like one of the reasons we did was because you went to the US. Because when you came back, because you had that separation, it was like your mindset was, all right, now it's time to, now it's time to get back with my friends. And mm-hmm. you and you and like for example, when when on a normal person like me would have been maybe lazy with that and been like, yeah, okay, we'll see you, I'll see, I'll see you whenever. You were more like, no, well, when are we doing this? When are you free? And mm. even, of course, I was up for it. Well, like, I missed you too, so when you came back to the holidays, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do so, let's go out, let's, get, you know, let's go for a drink somewhere, blah, blah. But it was definitely your mindset that I think ensured that every time you came for the, uh, for the holidays, whether that's Christmas or summer, that we got something done at least once. That we got a meeting up, meet up at least once, and I think even though it may not have felt different, because you had that experience of being away for a lot longer than a person who went to uni in the UK would, the mindset was already about relationships and making sure that you strengthen your relationships when you have the opportunity to do so. Well, that's a good point. I think it's because you you notice it. You you're very aware, especially as we've talked on anything, the only way you're really keeping up with other people is either you're keeping up on WhatsApp and you're not keeping up with everybody, you know, you're getting on, or you're just seeing what's happening on social media, hmm. you know, so you're not really involved in their lives anymore. And then there's, there's not really an opportunity which is like, oh yeah, we've got this event at our uni, everybody come down, let's catch up this weekend. You know, <laughs> there's no there's no possibility of that. Hmm. And like you said, you when you do come home, you're on a time limit. You've got one month. Yeah. And so you start viewing these relationships completely different. Mm. Firstly, when you're away and you're away from home, just in a different country, you start thinking, who do I want to keep up with? That starts to run in your mind. You're like, okay, who are those people I want to keep up with? Who are those people that I don't want it to be a case of? He's gone away. Don't even know what he's doing. Not that friendship's dead. Yeah. You know, so you start thinking about that. But then when you do come home, you do have that action kind of mindset because you're like, I've only got a month here. Mm. If I don't see you now, I'm not seeing you for another six months, another year. Yeah. So let, let, let's be careful. So that does change. That That is a good point. And you, you do become way, way, way more aware of, of your relationships. But I want to say, just kind of coming back, right back to what made you firstly want to go to, so, so you went Birmingham then you moved to Manchester right yeah what were you what were those motivating factors forget the the point of trying to get into university and yeah. okay I'm applying to see where I can get into the for the best course okay mm. yeah. what are kind of the motivating factors behind wanting to move away and then after university wanting to move away into an, a new place for work mm. is yeah, it so- just financial is it just jobs or is it something more? So in terms of uni, I was always going to move to a different city. I know some people go to uni in the same city and they, they live from home. For me, I, I didn't feel like that was getting the full experience at university. 
So yeah. I was always in them. I'm, I had an older brother and older sister who went to uni away. So it was kind of like that was my norm. My norm was you, you go away for uni. So I sort of followed suit in that trend. I was, like, well, I was always going to move away from uni. The question was where? Now, initially, I actually was thinking much more further away than Birmingham. Um, because for people who don't know, Birmingham was only about an hour and a half away from, from Nottingham. I was yeah. thinking more I was thinking more northern, like Leeds, Liverpool. You know, I support Liverpool Football Club, so that might have been a good idea. But it wasn't, and I actually, Birmingham wasn't on my radar at all, to be honest with you. But then my mum <laughs> my mum said to me, she was speaking to uh, one of her friends, and her, one of her friend's son went to Birmingham Uni, and he was saying, why doesn't Sunit think about Birmingham? Why has he not thought about that? And I was just thinking, ah, oh, it's a bit close. It's a bit close. Mm-hmm. If I, I want to be away, I want to, you know, I want to, I really thought, you know, I was in that young mindset, I was 18, I was like, I want to go as far away from possible, I want to you know, experience a completely different city. But then I went to the open day, Birmingham, and literally I went to this open day and it was like, I just didn't, I just fell in love with the uni when I was there. Sold. Sold. I didn't expect that to happen to me. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds cliche, but I was walking around and I was like, it, 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 like everything's on a campus, you, you live right there. You don't need to go outside a five five mile radius. Everything's here for you. We all you know you can go out here. You can go out here. You can meet your friends here. And I was like, well, this is crazy. This is like a whole. This is honestly a, a bubble, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm quite a lazy guy. So you're telling me I have to you know, I walk five minutes from my flat to the u to uni. You're telling me everything's you know all in one bubble and I can do everything within here. Then yeah, I was sold. I was sold. Yeah. In, in literally, I was there for about ten minutes and I was like, Mama, this is it. I'm wait, I'm coming in. So the move to university was because it was the norm. You've seen that, you've seen your brother, you've seen your sister do that. You've kind of, the idea of moving away is was nothing new to you. And it's something that for, for the university experience, that's yeah. something I need to do. But yeah. for work, for work, like your sister lived away from home still. Did she, or, or did she come back? And did your brother, did your brother not stay in Nottingham? So what was the motivating factor to yeah, at, move to yeah. Manchester? So that was completely different. No, they both came back. So okay. when I yeah, when I did move to Manchester, the, the, well, they're both out now, but when I did move to Manchester, both my brother and sister were living in back in Nottingham. And all, the, my sister was working in Birmingham, but she was commuting. And yeah. my brother was working in Nottingham. So it wasn't the norm anymore. So now it wasn't the norm. This was more circumstance. So okay. what had happened was, again, I was going to follow the norm. And I was going to do something similar to my sister did and work in Birmingham. And I was either going to commute like my sister did to Birmingham or I was going to live in Birmingham because I knew the city now. Yeah. I've been to uni there. I knew the city. I, was, I liked the city. I enjoyed it. It was familiar. So I, had, I built up that experience in uni. I was like, okay, it, it's a natural move to then go and work there. Um, and the reason why Nottingham was on my radar was just because for the jobs that I wanted, I just didn't think Nottingham was the best city. Um, for the kind of grad schemes I was after. I thought if I really wanted to, to go for the grad schemes I was after, I would want to go to a slightly bigger city where there would be more opportunity career-wise to, to work there, basically. But Manchester, again, was on my radar. Didn't, was never thinking about Manchester. My sister went to uni in Manchester, but I never really thought about Manchester. But what had happened was, this grad scheme that I'm currently on, I applied for the Birmingham office, but that was full. Okay. So they came back to me and said, Birmingham office is actually full for the grad scheme. However, we've got X amount of locations available. And literally every single location they had, other than Manchester, was south in London, in um, like near Bristol, I think there was one. There was some like way down south, like near Southampton um, and like Dover and stuff like that. Some random places. I think there was one in Jersey as well, right? And I was like, I just don't want to go south. I was like, I, I feel like there's two type of people in Nottingham. 
Because, in fact, I'm going to say the Midlands. I'm going to generalise it. <laughs> but if you're from the Midlands, whether it be east or west, Birmingham or Nottingham or Leicester, whatever, I feel there's two types of people. I feel, like there's, I feel like there's one person who either is more northern, so they want to flock to the north more, and then there's yeah. another person who's more southern, and they go down south London area. I think, yeah. you either, I think if you're from Nottingham, you have you, you either or your personality matches more northern or your personality matches more southern, and you will naturally flock. Okay, there are some people who obviously stay in Nottingham and stay in the Midlands. Yeah. Fair enough. They're a bit here or there. But I think for the majority of people in the Midlands, you have one personality. My personality is definitely northern. I'm more of a northern guy. Mm. I just don't enjoy going to London. I've got a lot of family in London. My brother and sister are now living in London, so we have to be there a lot more. But I just can't. I just don't enjoy it. It's too busy. I don't. The people are just angry, miserable all the time. The queues are a madness. The, the whole tube system just annoys me. <laughs> so I'm definitely more of a northern guy. So when I saw Manchester there, I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. I'll pick Manchester then. So it kind of just kind of it kind of fell in my lap. It didn't. It wasn't really anything that I sought out. It was Manchester. And that, it's funny you say that because I was having a conversation yesterday about the types of people that that either move away, stay from home, and I let me. Let me take your definition and kind of expand on it a bit. I think there's probably, I would have said two before and changed it differently, but I'll say there's three. Yeah. There's the type of person from the Midlands, or let's just say Nottingham, that's where I'm from. There's mm. the type of person from Nottingham who wants to move away, always has wants to, wanted to move away. There's a type of person who's Nottingham through and through. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, let me say, there's a type of person who wants to move away and stay in England and move south or north. That, that's fine right they just don't want to be known side person who is not income through and through and then the side person who's going away to a different country okay but i was saying at 20 this is what i <laughs> i say post university right mm. you either become more nottingham as in your accent will start to get <laughs> it always starts to pick up those extra that extra piece of nottingham slang or you start to say, actually, I'm going to move to Manchester. I'm going to move. I'm going to move to London. And you know what? That's. I think for me, that point actually is agrees with that point earlier when I say there's there's a distinction between uni living away from and work living. I think that ties into the fact that when you are sort of post uni, post like 21, 22, 28, you know now every choice you make is going to have a huge impact on your life. And if you do want, to, if you, you, that's when you start thinking, okay, now do I actually want to live away from home? Yeah, I may have been doing that at uni, but now this is actually my time is going to be a lot less, um, a lot less free. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to have that, be able to come back as far as ever. And also, the people I meet there, my, they're going to end up being now my friends for life potentially. Yeah, or, do you know what I mean? if if that is going to be my sort of resting place. So, again, it's a lot more of a, it's a bigger decision. And that's why yeah. I think, like you said, post-20, you start to think, okay, um, do I want to stay here? I'm, do I want to take that risk? Am I, you know, or am I okay? Am I happy here? Yeah. And that's where that conversation. Well, one thing I'll say is about using those definitions, things I found that I, I'm a person who's always said I'm, I'm going to live somewhere else, right? I've, that's just in my mind. But I will say from living away, and especially living in a different country, I... I became more Nottingham, and I'm, and I'm and I'm more I'm more passionate about Nottingham because you realise when you're away from home, right? 
you hold on to your your home traits because you're in somebody else's home. So I'm in Charlotte in, in America. I'm doing all their traditions all the time. I'm always listening to their culture, their food, their people, right? So if I hear a glimpse of England or Nottingham or anything while I'm away from America, I attach more I, I attach more strongly to mm. that. Whereas if I'd stayed in England, it'd just be my norm. So I start, I, I find myself becoming more, you know, I don't say passionate, I don't know what, what the word is, but I really respect home more than I probably would have had I not been away. And you know what? I can even add more evidence to that point because I agree with that entirely. Because now that I'm in Manchester, <clears throat> because I think most people growing up in Nottingham, right, <clears throat> through school and stuff like that, everyone bitches about Nottingham. We all, yeah. like, if, you, if you're growing up in Nottingham, you're like, oh, it's rubbish, it's small, it's tiny, there's nothing to do here. We all have the same complaints about Nottingham when, when you're growing up. I, I don't say that anymore. When I'm in Manchester, if I'm talking about Nottingham, <laughs> do not disrespect Nottingham in front of me. Right? I will back <laughs> Nottingham till the grave. I, I, it's, some, it's, like, it's just like I say, like if I'm talking about it, I'm, I just, there's something in the back of my mind that I have to pick it up. I have to make sure people understand that Nottingham is a good place because like it's, it, it's, it's where I was brought up. I'm in someone else's place now. This is, even though I'm in Manchester and I might be in Manchester for the foreseeable future, who knows, but it will never be my home home. Yeah, not only was still my home home. That's where that is where I that's where I grew. That's where I became a man. I became a person. <laughs> that is my home. So whenever I'm talking about Nottingham now, I'm always talking about it in a positive light. I don't like to talk about Nottingham in a negative light. Yeah, because I've I, and it's funny because I was definitely that person, like you say, when when you're growing up, you're thinking, ah, oh, it's just it's whatever. It's because you don't know anything else. Yeah, you start to go away. You think, you know what? Actually, Nottingham's kind of a sixth place. It's got <laughs> loads of nice different. Di- lovely different areas lots of sports lots of things to do if you're just a young person living here or even an old person living here so i it annoys me mm. right if if you're a person who kind of moves away and then is kind of disrespecting and i think you get that more if you're a if you're a nottingham pre-nottingham southerner because yeah. <laughs> those boys who want to move down to london and stay there mm. usually kind of have that mm, let, let me raise my nose to let me raise, let me raise my nose to Nottingham a little bit because yeah. they're like ah oh, this is not there's such a difference between like a, the south especially London and Nottingham mm. like Nottingham and the north is a lot more closely paired in in, in terms of personality and I and I find issue with that I find issue that people would want to disrespect your place or want to want to say it's it's not what made you what made you yeah, I, can't, I feel like you can't compare any other English city to London. London is the capital. It's obviously going to be the biggest place and have the most things to do. I think if you compare any other city in terms of what it has to offer, it's not going to compare with London. You can't do that. Um, so that's what I, 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 like, yeah, you're right. I think the, the Southerner would always say, oh, not only is it's trash. Because, I mean, compared to London, it probably is. But mm-hmm. but it's obviously for its own reasons, it's, it is a great city. 100%. So where we're kind of, initially saying what did you differentiate from why did you motivations to go to first Birmingham then to Manchester for me again it's it's the environment and what you see so my dad's born in Nigeria mm. he wasn't raised here moved to Italy when he was younger and then moved to England after I was born so already I've got a notion of okay you don't have to live where you were, were raised where you were born Secondly, my mom and dad met in Italy. That's where I was born. So she has 
decided in her 20s that I'm going to go and live somewhere else. So just from my whole growing up, it's just been in my head that moving away is something I can do. Yeah, that's something that happens and that's something that's totally fine. So when the idea of coming to going to America there, it wasn't even a second thought. It was just like, yeah, I'll go mm. live in a different country. I always believed I would live in a different country. And yes, it's different when you get there because you're like, mm, this isn't my home. I'm not sure if I'm going to stay here. But as time goes on and it's really there's a bigger conversation to be had for people who do go away, live, live away and especially people who go on the sports scholarships because mm. there's such an opportunity to make a life out there and you, you can see it in so many different ways so many of the friends who've gone out there there's such opportunity to make a life or make it what you want it to be you really can make it what you want it to be and the thing is you don't know that when you first go in there because you're more concentrated on the school, on the football, having a good time. Mm. But if you if you ever just about to make that decision, you, you really can. It'd be interesting to go back and do it all again. Yeah. Even though I don't think I did anything wrong and I'm really happy with how everything worked out. It's such a interesting way that you're navigating when you're on your own. Because you are mm. on your own. You don't you don't have family and you don't have friends there initially. So it is a completely new experience. And so I've always thought that's what I'm gonna do. But then me coming back to England, because I could have easily have stayed, and a lot mm. of people do, you know, you get to the end of four years, get in five years, it's all you know, it's your adult life has been based in America. Yeah. So you're like, why not, why not just continue here? It seems good, you know, it seems like I can get a good job, I have a good set of friends here. Why move back to England? Mm. So that decision was, was forced, uh, not forced, but... Yes, the visa was coming to an end, so it's kind of like a, a clean cutter point if I wanted to. There are other ways I could have stayed. Mm. But the big thing was I felt like I had unfinished business yeah. in England. And especially just like the way I wanted to see my friends and the way I wanted to see my family. It's like, if I don't come back now, I'm never coming back. Mm. And that's the kind, it was like, it, this is their chance. <laughs> Because if not, th those relationships in which I get the opportunity to come back because of long school holidays, long summer holidays, they're going to disappear. Because you've only got two weeks or whatever. Mm. And, so, and uh, this is the time yeah. to do it as well. This is the age to do it. If you, if you want to live away from home, if you want to experience it at least, you, I think you have to do it in your 20s. I think that is the best time to do it. I think later than that, it is just, it's getting to the point now where, it, you know, your, your life's almost coming to its it's sort of prime so that's yeah. where you so if you want to sort of experience different places and be, be able to move about a bit more than one area this is the age you want to do it so how going forward because for me going forward it's been in back in England for two years now mm. I'm engaged so I do plan to move back to America in over a year so yeah. I'll have done that was kind of the initial plan. It's great that it's worked out like that. So I do see my future again living away from home. Mm. Right. But there's there's a lot more thought that goes into it this time because it's final. Yeah. You know, and for you coming to the end of your your uh, program, your yeah. chartered accountantship graduate scheme, that then prov provides a clear cut off point again. You know, it's kind of the next step is deciding your future, whether it's the work you do or where you live. Yeah. So where do you kind of see those decisions 
going forward and how are you rationalizing making those decisions for yourself well firstly i would say for me my, so my grad scheme should be sort of come to its conclusion in um sort of the end of august september right but i, I think i'm still on your sort of way this is, i think i've got to finish, finish business in manchester so okay. i feel like i mean to be fair it's it, like it's not like I will still be with my employer. My contract continues. It will continue to, to carry on. It's not like the grad scheme's done and I have to look for a new job. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. luckily I'm, I'm all right in that aspect. Like, yeah. I, like, I will still have this job and I still and I still feel like, yeah, I've got unfinished business in Manchester. At this point, I'm starting to think more about future, where do I want to settle? And I'm not sure yet, but I've decided that it's not going to be Nottingham. Um, okay. For the main reason now, because like, don't get me wrong, it's been, it's been tough living away from home. Yeah. Especially when I moved to Manchester now, how I told you about the distinction, there's obviously a lot less time to be with the family, a lot more of it is phone call conversations. Yeah. Um, so it is more difficult, and it's a city where, like I told you before, I'm a lot more alone. I don't know as much people, even though obviously I've made friends with my colleagues, this, I still don't know a lot, a lot of people there, and I still don't really know the yeah. city yet, if I'm being honest with you. I know the town, I still don't know the city, but I still do believe because it's such a big city and there's so much to do here. I've still got so much to do in Manchester that I haven't done yet. A lot of my initial years in Manchester have been clogged up by these exams. They've taken up a lot of my life. And while I've, done, I've been able to go out in between and do a few bits, because I've had these exams sort of in the background, I still haven't been able to fully actually experience the city and, and take it all in and see if it's somewhere where I do want to settle down in and this to be my, my actual spot. That's a good point. And I just want to touch on something before we kind of go back into that, because you made the, the point about you've made you made the decision that you know Nottingham is still your home still your place but that's not where you're gonna mm. gonna live and I think it's important to kind of note that no matter where you go say it's Manchester say it's America or or, or where you know there's always going to be a part of you that's because you know how it is to live in that location yeah you're like what would be life like there you can kind of see it you can kind of picture it you know mm. so they're always going to be that kind of whatever and that's what you deal with a lot when you're living in america you know mm. you're seeing your friends do stuff in a different country and you're like oh, what would it be like to live there and a yeah. lot for me that was kind of a lot of this moving back is like let me just get all those notions of what it'd be like to live as a an adult in england yeah in england in nottingham in london like let me just have a good basis so that when i do move back to america i'm not left with this for the rest of my life of, oh living in america would be would be would be this experience or living in england would be this experience you know? yeah i feel like that's done so you said okay nottingham's off the table and you know it feels final but nottingham's off the table is is your next not move but we're 25 now we've mm. had a few years in work we're really still young in infancy of work we're still in graduate programs right yeah. Is, do you see your next move, whether it's your next city move, right? Mm. That could be the decision to stay in Manchester in two years, like you in two years you made the suggestion in Manchester or a move away. Do you yeah. see your future as being the next move? It would be my final move, or do you see throughout your life there'll be more moves, more yeah. different destinations? What what's that for you? I would like the next move I make to be my final move. Mm. For me, I. I'm a little bit different to you in the aspect of you always had this norm about you can live, you want to live somewhere else, you want, you want to be able to do, and you're much more of a traveling than I am. You, you know, you, like you said, you like to go back and forth. Um, you, you, you've had some time in London, you've had some time in America. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, obviously, I have had no, no major issues with, with living out. 
but they have yeah. been more circumstantial. You know, I went to yeah. uni because that was a norm, and that's what I saw my family doing. So I thought that was the thing to do. So I went to uni, had a great time. They loved it, enjoyed it. But again, it wasn't. It wasn't because I really was like, oh, I have to live out. And mm. say with Manchester again, I went to Manchester because of circumstances. You know, my job brought me to Manchester. Yeah. I could have easily do what my sister was doing and got a job in Birmingham and commuted, or got a job somewhere close to Manchester and commuted. I could have done that. Yeah, it was. It, I was never. It was never like, oh, I have to move out, sort of thing. I've never been one to want to always be on the move. I like to be settled. That's the yeah. thing about me, and that's why I, I probably, if we go into more about, you know, what the pros and cons of us um, living out, I probably have more cons than you because mm. I'm not. I'm prefer being settled, and I also prefer being a bit more have more home comforts. You know, it's been it's been more of a struggle living in Manchester, not being able to be with my family as much because I'm a yeah. family guy. I'm a family man. I love my family and it's a lot more difficult when you're only getting a weekend with them when you're only getting a phone call with them every now and again. Um, so for me, the next move, I hope I want it to be the final one. That's where I settle. That's where I say, okay, this is, I've got that peace of mind though, and this is where I'm going to lay my roots and I can start to build on that. Yeah. And I, I think that is something for me that I always kind of desire. I'm like, I want to be in a place. When you moved around so much, you know, you get tired of, moving to a new place like moving to London again a lot of those cons you mentioned there I had those cons hard in London because I'm not in a place with my girlfriends that live here she's living in another country I'm like why am I why have I moved to another city where I don't have much friends my girlfriend lives somewhere else yeah. what what has possessed me to do this just because I feel like I, I need to for some other unearthly reason so obviously mm. these things go running in my head and with moving back to America, me and Elena will be making decisions in like, where do we want to kind of lay our roots? You know, where do yeah. you, especially start thinking about finances, where do we want to buy a home? Where do we want to do this? But again, I I have to check myself or remind myself that my, my subconscious is one that does keep moving. And I have desires of where I see America, moving to America is a final. Mm. You know, I don't see myself moving to another country after that. No, yeah. I did have a dream the other day where I was like, I had moved to Australia. <laughs> 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 that just happening. But I, I do see that after so many years, I have I've accepted the fact that I may want, I may think about moving. I may desire to live in different places. Like the Arab thinking now is like we'll move to California when we first get back to America and then move back to North Carolina when we want to settle more settle down and so I'm leaving myself open to those thoughts of living in different places and uh, and being away I, I you know I'm happy with the fact I'll be away from home I've, I've understood that that's happening but where where will my mind take me in terms of living in a different state, living in a different city? Will I want to continue moving? Because I do desire that comfort and and settling because it gets so tiring. But I think that I think that will change as as obviously work and life and family changes for for you. Your perspectives kind of change. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, anything can happen. There's, exactly. there's all sorts of wild factors that come into play. You know, life is spontaneous. That's a beautiful thing about life. You never know what's going to happen. For me, the reason why I feel like now it's the right, like the next move, whether that's stay in Manchester or whatever, the next decision I make in terms of my future is where I want to settle, is because I feel for all the pros that there are living away, they kind of become redundant at a certain point once you've done it after a while because the uh, let, let's list some off the pros of living away is the maturity you gain from it 
yeah. having having to deal with bills and and living in your own groceries, your own washing, like can be completely independent and away from your family. Again, yeah. I feel like you need that, and that's why I'm so happy. I was able, and not just uni. That's why, again, I keep making that distinction. Not just uni is different. I feel like I need yeah. to move away, be in a different flat, and work away, and be able to be completely independent to actually get that maturity that I was after. Have you know, feel like yeah, I'm growing up now. This is yeah. the, at this age. These are the kind of moves I want to be making, and I want to be getting my mindset in a more mature state. However, now it's like I've done that, so I'm, and I feel like I am mature. So that pro mm-hmm. is kind of redundant now. Another pro of living away: the social skills you build from living away because you have to go and make friends you have to socialize you have to start to build on those soft skills of just small talking people and like getting to know people yet again you do that at uni but it's so much further when you're in a work environment mm. you have to like because you because we're not talking about people complete different ages when you get yeah. into work environment. we're not talking about everyone the same age where it's easy to have a football conversation or a music conversation that we've been having we're talking about yeah. people who are like 20 30 years older than you who may not have those interests so those yeah. soft skills that you're learning just from speaking to these random people, I, do, I, th- I think that is such a benefit of living away because you're forced into those environments. And I feel like you should put yourself in those environments. I, I but, think, go on. No, yeah, I was going to say, I think those two points you just said, they, they kind of go back to together on the point of resilience, like mm. moving away from home, whether it's financial resilience and fending for yourself in a different way, whether it's meeting new people, new jobs, new city, new location, yeah. you, you're always having to fend for yourself. And those are huge skills. One thing to be, I think I fear in, yeah. in all that is like, say you said, you've you've done it. Yeah, I've done those now. So for me, they're redundant. Yeah, exactly. Whereas for me, that's like, well, I could have done it for two years, right? I could have lived somewhere else two years. But say then the next 10 years you spend in Manchester, do you think those two years of that impactful that you've now completed it? Have you not then just gone back into the comfort space because you've done it once and it's achieved? I I agree you don't have to keep on doing it again and again and again to develop it. But I do think there's something to be said to, and it doesn't have to be achieved through moving. That can be achieved through going and doing life experiences, changing jobs, if it's more fitting to you having a travel just to go out and vacation in different spaces and vacation different ways, that's not just sunbathing, mm. right? But that feeling that you're done, that that worries me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that worries me. I feel like there is something to still be achieved. But again, it does get to a certain point where is, is there a real benefit to moving away? Is meeting another person really helping me? Well, that's a, I think, again, it comes to your, obviously your personality. Like you said, you're, you're scared. You feel like, for me, it's like I'm a different personality. It's just like even, like, yeah, someone could argue you've only been there for two years. There's still so much more you still need to learn and do and like, you still need to go. For me, it's like I'm happy. I'm fine with what I've done in Manchester. I'm happy with the experience. I feel like fulfilled from that experience of moving out, gaining independence. Now I'm getting to an age and stage where, I, like we've said, we mentioned before it's tiring to keep doing this it's, it's tiring to keep putting yourself out of there and to keep meeting new people and to keep going to different cities and even if you say like you say you don't have to move in a way it can just be through different life experiences i guess that's a bit that aligns me better with me then yeah that would make more sense i don't think maybe i'm not done in that aspect but from like a moving standpoint from thinking about moving in a different location there's only so much i can take yeah and to be honest i i completely agree too because i have the notion of for Charlotte, North Carolina, spent there four years. I, I, I completed it. Like, 
in 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 a sense like if i move back to north carolina in any sense yes if i move to another city i live in raleigh there's a different experience but i i can see it like i was mentioning nottingham if i lived in nottingham for the rest of my life i can see what that would look like if i lived in charlotte north carolina for the rest of my life i can see what that looked like and that's also taught me i initially thought i was a city boy through and through i'd love to live in london love to live in the city for the rest of my life through my experience of living in different places i realized that's not me being in London has taught me I was only there for just under a year before Corona started, right? Mm. And that taught me I'm not the Londoner I thought I, w- I wanted to be. Like, I do like London. I do think it, it gives me a lot of energy being there. Yeah. But I don't need London. Like, I thought I needed to, to be in that environment and I don't need it. And it was quick understanding that. And I don't think I need to go off and search for anything but I see our speed of talking increasing because <laughs> we both know we're coming to the end of the podcast and we've got so much to say on this topic so all I want to do quickly is we've had so much discussion right and we've had so many different points let's just say three pros three cons and close it up because we've gave a lot of rationale and if we don't need to continue giving rationale that's for another discussion yeah okay give me give me give me two pros of living uh, at home uh, living away and two cons are living away two pros is well one the people yeah like i'm so happy the people i've met from living away with that whether that's union manchester loved it happy to have met those people and build those relationships pro two is the again i mentioned it quickly before maturity i feel like i've grown so much as a person and i'm so much more mature now and i've got so, so much a better understanding of the world so that's quickly two pros two cons family i'm such a family man and it gets tough sometimes living away from them it really does um and it's a struggle for me in manchester sometimes so definitely fa- being away from family is pro and pro number two finances because at this stage <laughs> right now boy i still feel like i'm a student sometimes i'm broke like it's bad and like i just want to get into a position where i'm just you know i can be comfortable with my finances again but yeah. soon come and I'm just going to reiterate those points and maybe just say it a little bit different way. But definitely the pros for me in living away from home is that you, you're gaining new experiences. And I think new experiences are endlessly valuable. You know, living in different places, gaining new perspectives is always going to it's always going to grow you, you know, yeah. and it's always something that's that, that's amazing to have. And those skills you learn are going to be great. The cons like. Even me, a person who does like to go away and live in the streets, it's not easy being away from home and seeing your friends and family do things and you not being involved. Yeah. That's something you're always going to struggle with, no matter how much you think you are something else, think you are a traveller. Mm. If you are away from your friends and you're away from your family, it is not fun. It is not fun to see that and to be that. And so there is a hard line of where does that crossover as being away from to? too long or mm. being too far away and where and where is that good but I think that's all we've got <laughs> I've enjoyed it I'm annoyed me and Cindy are trying our best to keep it to an hour so we don't have these varying these varying we, podcast ones we may have to do a part two on this one because we've got a lot to say because it's so personal we've got so much to say on it I think that's why this one may have been a little bit over yeah well, I appreciate everyone who's listening, everyone who's feeding back. Please continue to give us some feedback as we develop and try and get better at having these conversations. But I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a good one. We really think we really were touching on talking, talking life in this one, talking, <laughs> talking locations, talking living away from home. So from me, 
Peace. Peace, guys.